Hey, welcome to the Straight Sports Podcast. We're your host, Joshua and Tushar. In this podcast, we give our opinions on our favorite sports, which are basketball, soccer, and wrestling. So let's dive into the topics. Topic number one, the NBA Finals has concluded with the Golden State Warriors winning against the Boston Celtics four games to two. What is your reactions to the series, Josh? Um, I think it was a really interesting series. I mean, it was fun from both sides, honestly. I did pick Golden State to win, and they were my finals pick, so I'm just glad that that went. Hold up, hold up, my bad. Gotta give you your round of applause, bro. <laughs> you picked the right winner. You picked from before the playoffs started that the Warriors would win the championship. Uh, thank you, Philly, for letting me down, but uh, we made the right pick. We both had them coming out uh, the Western Conference. Um, People were trying to debate about the Suns and that. We knew the Warriors is the real deal. But yeah, they won the championship. I did say they win in six games in the finals. I mean, obviously, because they're so good, but Boston had a legitimate chance in this series. But yeah, finish what you were saying. Yeah, uh, yeah, Boston, they did have a chance. I mean, that game won. I mean, that kind of like <laughs> scared me a bit. But, you know, Golden State, they never look really worried. They pretty much hold together, you know. Wiggins, what an amazing performance from Wiggins. I mean, lockdown Absolutely defense. Phenomenal. Best two-way player in that series. Literally. I think there's an argument to be made that he might have been the best two-way player in the playoffs, but that's I mean, an argument. Fair, I mean, yeah, you have your 18 points for the series. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Lockdown defense on Tatum. Curry, I mean, deservedly got the Finals MVP, finally, which has long evaded him. <laughs> and, but I think he did great, you know. Jalen Brown played well as well for the most part. Tatum, I mean, yeah. Yes. He had a – and I don't want to bash him, but he literally had a historically bad – finals shooting wise percentage wise i still think he's a great player and i applaud yeah. them for the run that they made but yeah it was horrible i had a friend i'm kind of told me it was like yo yeah i told bro tatum's overrated i'm like okay i know he had a bad finals but let's not diminish uh the guy that much i mean yeah. if you don't, he's a superstar anymore i don't have a problem with that bro but my only my only issue is that uh i i, I don't I, to me i sometimes i just look at like those huge games they mm-hmm. like, if you lose, I got to go home. And I still think about that game six in Milwaukee in Giannis yeah. Kumbo's house where he dropped 46 points because if he doesn't have that 46-point masterpiece, they're not here in the finals. That's true. And I just look at that. Obviously, I looked at the series. He outplayed Katie in the first round, toe-to-toe with Giannis, toe-to-toe with Jimmy. Yeah. I think he had a special run. He did win the conference finals MVP in the East, but – in the finals, there's no excuse. He was terrible. You got to own up to and come back better next season. But he's still a star caliber player. Like I said, if you don't want to say he's a superstar, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. But he's definitely a star. And I could see, you know, I could see Boston is definitely a scary team um, for to come. But I think there's been a little too much disrespect on his name. I mean, can you really say that? I mean, he literally, like I said, he played his I said the finals is unexcusable. But, like, to me, I kind of just look at to me, that game six doesn't click out of my because there have been very few players who have had historic game six performances Yeah, when they're down 3-2. And they won the series. Tatum's one of them with that 46 points against the Milwaukee Bucks. LeBron James, that 45-point masterpiece against the Celtics. Kawhi Leonard, 45-point masterpiece against the Mavericks in the first round. He's on a list of a very few who've, mm-hmm. who've done that stuff. And I think, yeah, the finals, again, unexcusable. 100 turnovers, unexcusable. He was nothing but terrible, but I'm not going to attack him. Not really attack, but I'm not going to really call himself like I'm hearing overrated or this and that because he's a special player. 
Yeah, I think he's a great player, but I just have to say that in literally the biggest moment of his career, yeah. the finals, he he came up short and he was, for lack of a better word, horrible. Can't be backed up, but still to say, you know, to diminish him, I think a little too much. Yeah, in the finals, I mean, it's unexcused, but he didn't have even one breakout game. Jalen Brown was clearly the better player in the finals. Um, and I feel like that's a good debate. Who's better, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown? Because I feel like they're both pretty even um, when it comes yeah. to talent perspective. Jason Tatum, I mean, I just look at the series. I think the first round, I think Tatum was the best player. And when they played the Nets, I think the second round, I think Tatum was the best player too. And I think the third round, I think they're both pretty even statistically. I think Jalen Brown had 24 and he averaged 25. So I just think Jason Tatum, what he did leading them to the finals in a very, like you said, one of the toughest path to the NBA finals to go through Katie Kyrie, to yeah. go through Giannis, to go through the number one seat, Miami Heat, and win a game seven in Miami. So like, it's not excusable what he did, but like I said, he's still a star player. Like I said, if you don't want to say he's a superstar, don't got a problem with that. Maybe people have changed their opinion after yeah. um, the finals that he had. And the only way great players do it, come back next season and try to win it, try to be better. But is there anything else you want to say about the series? Um, No, not really. I'm just kind of glad that, you know, Curry got that <laughs> finals MVP finally. You know, for a second, I was scared that Wiggins wouldn't get it. You know, I was actually scared. Is that NBA about to do something again? But, I mean, Wiggins definitely was clearly the second deserving of it. But, yeah, yeah. you know, Curry was clearly the finals MVP. But I guess to, to talk about the series, I mean, yeah, I mean, no surprise. Here. I'm not going to lie. I think the game that really kind of – I think made the series was game four. I mean, you're down 2-1. You see the the odds, and it's like Boston's going to win. This series is basically over. Boston's going to win. They're going to win the series. That game four, pivotal game four, you get you go down 3-1. I'm not saying Golden State would not win, but the odds would shrink. Comes back. That game four, Curry had a legacy game in the finals. The criticism that he gets, he doesn't show up when it matters most. I mean, yeah. 43 points, 10 rebounds. I mean, he was nothing but spectacular in the playoffs. And he made them win game four. And then the next two games, obviously, game five was one of his worst games. And his Andrew Wiggins stepped up in game six, Steph Curry doing Steph Curry things and just ended it. But that game four really changed that series. It was basically that to me, the game four was going to make or break, you know, Golden State's quest to win their fourth title. But the series was great. It was very competitive. When Boston won that first game, I was like, man, it's going to be a good series. This was a really a shocker when Boston won the way that they were down and then you know game two Golden State won out you know as expected you know then it kind of split on the road and then the last two Golden State won but it's funny Josh I don't know if I said on the podcast but I remember I told you many times I kind of got the each game correct <laughs> yeah you did because I said <laughs> the first two would be split I didn't say who would win the first game but each of those games I said it was gonna be split the first two games the next two games would be split and then the last two games Golden State will win and that's exactly what happened so that's pretty yeah. cool but a good series all overran. Obviously, Jason Tatum got to be better. Brown was really great in the finals. Al Horford was great. But Tatum is that type of star. He has superstar potential. And I think he has to uh, definitely has to come back better. And like you said, Josh, the biggest moment, he came he came very short. So, But I think it's a learning experience. Just got to come back better next. He's a very young player. So the, the future is bright for Boston. But great series, fun series to watch. Golden State won. And the dynasty continues. With the finals win and the finals MVP, do you think Curry is a top 10 all-time player? And is his legacy cemented? What's your thoughts on that? I think there's a case for him to be top 10. I mean, I don't really have a cemented top 10. In a lot of people's eyes, yeah, he's in it, like, pretty securely now, especially with this being, you know, his fourth ring. 
and it's finally just snatching that Finals MVP. I and think two, his legacy was already cemented. You know, the greatest shooter of all time, uh, league leader in three point shots, unanimous MVP. I mean, I feel like stuff like that can't go unnoticed. I think his legacy was cemented, but I feel like to get in like the realm of like that top ten, I guess, like you needed this fourth ring. You could possibly get another one too, but in my eyes, it was already cemented. Mm. You know, but I guess for other people and maybe for like you know to be in the conversation as one of the. I mean, he is arguably he is one of the greats already in shooting wise, but. To get one of the greats all time, I feel like, yeah, people said he needed this sponsor VP and he needed this ring. So, yeah, what's your take on it? So, in my opinion, I think, yeah, he cemented himself as a top 10 all-time player. I mean, he has four championships, two MVPs, a finals MVP. So, he's in the top 10, in my opinion. We'll, you know, discuss that top 10 list sometime or what is in the, uh, who's on that list. But to me, yeah, he got he got himself on the list. I mean, yeah. To me, and also his legacy cemented, yes. Now it's officially, to me, cemented as, as one of the greats. I think, to me, like I said, I think his legacy was already said. He's already a Hall of Famer, best shooter to ever live. I feel like that one thing was missing that finals MVP. And I feel like, you know, when KD joined Golden State, KD was clearly um the best player on that team. Yep. And I feel like Curry, the first one, yeah, he didn't get the finals MVP. But obviously, to finally say, you know what, Curry, like, you know, I led this team to the yeah. championship I was the best player clearly it was not even close in that final series so I feel like that that's important and he finally you know it's done that like you know as the best player as the number one guy to lead a championship because the other two yes Curry was equally as great as Durant but Durant was the best player um and the first one too obviously he was great in that finals too like we said we think he deserved that finals MVP but Iguodala did end up winning it yeah. um so I feel like this the finals MVP now he got it Nothing else needs to be said about this. Curry's not clutch. I've been hearing this crazy stuff <laughs> that is, uh, I remember hearing from, I think it was on the Unspeed show, that is a potential asterisk on his title. This title's <laughs> asterisk. Come on. This is baloney. Yeah, Don't stop with this asterisk baloney stuff. Every championship one is no asterisk. If that's the case, then we should put an asterisk on every title. Come on. I mean, yeah, that's true. Because every title, there's something happens. Somebody gets hurt and this and not. But like, asterisk? Come on. <laughs> Oh, because he didn't play LeBron or something? I just don't want to hear this, man. Every People put an asterisk on the Lakers championship in the bubble. That's no asterisk. Everybody had the same amount of time. I don't like that stuff. Champions are champions. When you get it, you get it. And nobody's going to put no asterisk on it. Facts. Um, Katie, yeah, like I didn't like the move, but he's a champion. So these things stop with mm-hmm. this asterisk stuff. I don't know why I'd be hearing this stuff. Asterisk <laughs> is so, so crazy. Does the Golden State Warriors winning the championship look bad <laughs> on Kevin Durant anyway? And I know you have a very strong take on this, so I'm gonna let you go for. I'm gonna let you. Speak I on think that. that there is no possible way that I mean, sure, there's an argument to be made, but I don't think there's no concrete way that someone can say that this looks bad on KD. Like I, I just don't see how. Maybe you can like try to convince me in a way, but I just feel there's like there's definitely no way I'm gonna convince. Like, you. I just don't. I just don't see how it looks bad on him. Like they were already, like you said, they're already a contender, so them winning should not be a surprise, right? People said that they didn't need him. So I guess that's one argument to be made. But I feel like they're already a great team. And mm-hmm. like people said, they replaced him in a sense with Wiggins. So I don't see how this would look bad on him. Like they're already a great team before him. And they'd be a great team after him, even if they didn't replace him with Wiggins. So, I mean, I don't understand how this looks bad on him. <laughs> I, just, I just don't get it. And maybe you make several points that that'll try to, like, you know, make sense of it. But I just don't get it. <laughs> hey, I want to I wanna, I wanna make something. Hey, any Anything else you want to add? Mm, maybe I'll add something after you, after you give your points to it. Okay, so in my opinion, first, before I, I say anything, I just want to say 
The Golden State Warriors have won four championships in eight seasons. They are clearly they're a dynasty. Kevin Durant was part of that dynasty, whether we like it or not. I told you a hundred times. Yeah. I never liked the move. But he was, you know, you want to say partially because he won two titles there. He was part of that dynasty. The dynasty was made because also Kevin Durant came and and man, the team, that team, those for those two two sorry, for those three years, team nobody wanted to face. They were too stacked. But to say whether it took a hit or not. I'm going to say a little bit to me. When I say a little bit, I'm going to say like a 10% hit. Okay, I'm going to give a percentage. The reason why I'm giving it so minimal um, is because at the end of the day, first, I want to say why I did it. Because obviously we look at Golden State. They just won a champ after he left and like what they had to go through, Clay Thompson's injury and then Curry gets hurt and then the rebuild. It was not really a rebuild, but like a retool of their roster. And then he yeah. goes, and then with looking at Katie, obviously, when he went to Brooklyn, he hasn't even been to the conference finals. Obviously, he only played, if you think about it, two seasons there, really, because his first season, I wouldn't really count it because obviously he didn't play. Yeah. So in that sense, I'm just looking at it like, because he hasn't really accomplished anything since he's left Golden State, and Golden State's already back on the mountaintop. You can never replace a talent like that. But to take that and retool their roster, bring in Wiggins, all these guys, Wiggins called a lot of stuff, been doubted. All yeah. these players, Curry, oh, he can never get back to the finals, all this stuff. And for them to win the championship, I think it's very impressive. I still think it's like a little hit because at the end of the day, they accomplished this without KD. But at the same time, it doesn't take a hit because at the end of the day, Kevin Durant has not had one year of a roster stability. Thanks. You look at his first year. To me, the first year don't count. I mean, he was yeah. hurt. Okay. You go to the next season, he gets to the second round. Kyrie Irving goes out. James is out from the first game. James tried to play through it, but obviously he wasn't himself. Yeah. And this season, obviously, the roster, obviously, again, that's Kyrie's decision. We respect that. He decided not to uh, take the vaccine so he couldn't play home games. And obviously, to me, that caused you know them to be a lower seat because obviously Kyrie's such a great talent, put a lot of more burden on Kevin Durant, and then obviously Harden departed as well. He's never had one year of a stability roster. That's why I gave it a low percentage. Um, I say give him a year if he's able to get a roster that's stabilized and they're there all season and he's able and he gets out early. I think that's a conversation to have. But he still has time. He's still in Brooklyn. Um and this is my opinion though. Um I do believe for Kevin Durant, he was the best player on that team. But to me personally, I think the one thing that's missing from his legacy, he's already a Hall of Famer, is that he has to lead be lead the team as the franchise guys to a championship, yeah. which I feel like he still hasn't done. That's fair points like you said, but I just I feel like this can't look bad on KD because, like, in mm. a way, like, he kind of – I'm not going to say he helped them win it because that would be disrespectful, but he did them a favor, bro. He could have walked for free. He agreed to the signing trade to go to the Nets, giving them D-Lo, which they then flipped into Wiggins. I feel like that's that's very – Yeah, I like, guess he did in a, a great sense help them. He didn't have to agree, but I think it did help Brooklyn more because they got some picks. Yeah, but they got so an look at flip it. into a valuable player in Wiggins. Still, I mean, I but looking at Golden well. State at that time, I don't think anybody would predict that they could get back to that picture. I mean, everybody clearly doubted them, and they're they're That's back true. on the top. This is a tough debate. I still think it has a small hit because at the end of the day, I mean, I look at what KD's accomplished outside of Golden State. No championships. Golden State's got two without him. Obviously, they were good without him. That's when nobody liked people didn't like me. He's so talented that he, to my opinion, he could have won titles had he stayed in OKC or maybe went somewhere else. But at the end of the day, that doesn't make him. I always, you know, I used to hate on the move that he made so much that I tried to diminish him. And that's not right. That was me just being an upset fan um, because I hated the move. But he made Golden State a team that you just knew, bro, 
there was no point of watching the game because they were going to win. So, yeah. But they were so talented, and he clearly was the best player. He went, he outplayed LeBron. I want to say outplayed. I think he went toe to toe with LeBron because yeah. their stats were pretty similar. That's but true. he, you know, he cleared the big shots. He hit them, and he led them dagger. to the title back to back years. Yes, the dagger. <laughs> but obviously, snatched the crown right away. But I mean, we could talk. I don't <laughs> believe that. To me, that that's one thing about Kevin Durant. You believed. Actually, actually, why don't you say it? Because I don't think you ever said it here. When KD, he clearly went toe to toe with LeBron James in the finals, right? 2017. Facts. And Game when he three. hit that dagger Game over three. LeBron James in Game Three, he literally snatched the crown off his head, and in that moment, became the best player in basketball, and has been that player ever since. Facts. Am I lying? See, that's where we disagree. I believe <laughs> it's not LeBron James, because, in my opinion, is because of the because I feel like Kevin Durant was able to because of the teammates he had again seventy three nine and team. That's fair. He was up three one and they, they lost that lead. Um, but like to me, I don't think because I looked at that twenty eighteen LeBron James was the best player in that series in twenty seventeen. LeBron averaged a triple double first player. I think to do that. I and then to me, LeBron James was the best player since, in my opinion, twenty twenty when he won the championship with the Lakers. And then I think Katie snatched that crown in, uh, in the when the, in the Buck series. That's my opinion. Yeah, like we, obviously we when from that out, he, he wasn't the best player because he couldn't play. But yeah, yeah but to me, I think LeBron James hold that title for until twenty twenty, and then and then Katie's had it since. I mean, I haven't. Said, I know I've said something. I haven't said officially who has it right now. But, <laughs> and I'm not gonna say it right now. But uh, um, Katie, I mean, you made it official. You believe Kevin Durant's still the best player in the world. But yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting debate. Obviously, everybody has a different opinion on this. But at the end of the day, Kevin Durant's a two-time Finals MVP, two-time champion. He was the best player uh, on that team when he was there. And not going to diminish him then. I didn't like the move, but then they he's nothing but a spectacular talent. All right, so moving on, topic two, wrestling. We got some news here that says, Our premium 5 Select service has reported more details regarding the incident that led to the departure, namely Sasha Banks' displeasure with the current direction of the match. So basically, the report is tonight's Raw's main event changed after Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of the show. We're told those that we heard from at tonight's WWE Raw, WWE Tag Team Champion Sasha Banks wasn't satisfied with the creative associated with her plans for the evening. As FIFO Select reported, Sasha was to be involved in a six-pack challenge with Naomi, Asuka, Dewdrop, and Nikki A.S.H. During the Raw broadcast, it was announced that it was announced then changed to Oscar versus Becky and said that Sasha Banks and Naomi left the building. We're told that Sasha had a meeting with Vince McMahon and voiced her displeasure about the situation and wouldn't budge on her stance. Vince McMahon was also said to be unwilling to budge. We haven't specifically heard that Naomi was involved, but that she and Sasha Banks left before the, the start of the show. It was worth noting that as of the time that the WWE Raw rundown went out, there was no assigned producers or referees for the main event match. It was highlighted in red, indicating a change could be happening. We're told that there were hastily produced segments to set up the change, but they were also reflected in the rundown that were handled out before the show. By the time it was announced on WWE TV, words had made the way outside the company. Several people backstage at the show confirmed to FIFO that the duo left. In an update, we learned that Naomi was actually scheduled to win the match. So what are your thoughts on that situation? Honestly, when I so I just want to make this clear. Obviously, this is 
this happened May 16, and I know it's a long time, but the reason I'm talking about this now, obviously we didn't have a chance with, you know, covering basketball, but the reason now is because what we're going to talk about next is going to lead into that, and I feel like this is this is the biggest topic right now in wrestling. So when I heard about this, obviously, first I wanted to figure out why. You know, why did this happen? What led to Sasha and Naomi decide to leave uh, Raw at that time? And nothing is confirmed, obviously, until we hear their side of the story as well. Um, but when I heard of it, obviously, the tag team champions, and I've, I've talked to Fernando on this on many occasions, the last time it was treated with the respect that it deserved, the women's tag team champion, was in 2020 when Sasha Banks and Bailey had the titles as when they had the golden role model. That was the title of that team. And they put up some incredible matches. We got to see them at the time when the Iconics were there. We saw Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. One of my favorite matches during the pandemic era, Kyrie Sane and Asuka versus Sasha Banks and Bailey. Like, absolutely spectacular matches. And then just for them to... And then after they lost the titles, when Naya, I think, and Shayna won it, I'll just make this very clear. Not the wrestlers, because the women wrestlers are very talented and yeah. get an opportunity just to watch them wrestle. I mean, they're so talented. But what they decided to do, I guess, the people decide, you know, how long the matches are, who wins and all that. It kind of ticked me off after the how bad it was treated. Nia Jackson, Shayna had it. Then after that, I think it was Tamina, Natalie, Rhea Ripley, Nikki, A.S.H., Carmella, Zelina Vega. Like how badly it was treated. They were very short matches. It would barely be on pay-per-view. Like it was just so bad how it treated it. And they deserved so much better. So according to reports I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is that basically it seems like they're upset with how tag team is being treated, the titles. And I totally agree with them. I think they have valid points. There's been treated like trash. The tag, not the talent, of course. I want to make myself very clear how I speak. But how they treated the titles, because it deserves more respect, that title. And I've seen so many thrilling matches when Sasha and Bailey when I missed those times. But WWE definitely um the direction of it. What they I think what they did in the situation to me, obviously to opportunity to see Naomi versus Bianca and it was potentially rumored that Sasha was going to face Ronda um, for those championships I would love to see those matches I mean who wouldn't but what I also heard is that you know if they lose they see as their titles being somewhat I guess devalued um, but it just gives that you know it just shows that the title has no, no meaning I, that kind of makes sense and of course I don't know if these are 100% confirmed or not but this is what I heard but just in general, this situation, obviously, I think I lean towards the side of Sasha and I think if they feel that way, that definitely the tag team time have not been treated with the respect they deserve. It deserves to be treated better. And I think something's got to be done. Obviously, we're going to move on and we'll talk about more about the situation. But I think I'm on that side with that situation. I think they have made some valid points. I think me and Fernando talked about multiple occasions how badly tag team titles have been treated. And it deserves to be treated better because uh, these women wrestlers are extremely talented. So next... Dave Meltzer appeared on this week's Sunday Night Main event with an update regarding Banks, saying that her release has not been finalized. It was also reported late last week that Banks had her lawyers working on getting her out of her deal. And it says, as far as I know, the only thing that I have been told is that they are negotiating right now, Meltzer said. I don't know that the negotiation is final. I know that it's been written in media reports that it is. The last I asked, which would have been two days ago, it was not final, but it wouldn't shock me if it happened this week. That is how it was described to me a couple of days ago. Where it is at this moment, I don't know. So it says, there has been conflicting reports on whether Sasha Banks has been released from WWE. If she does get released from WWE, will WWE regret this in your eyes? So yeah, they've been very conflicted. First, I thought she got released, and then, yeah. then I heard that she not. And then I think she went on self on, I think, Instagram and said, like, you know, that's why 
you know, Twitter and she was she had made her own comments on that. But absolutely, first of all, the fact that it's got to the stage where she's potentially going to be released, if WWE does this, this will be the biggest mistake in I think in the company's life, like biggest mistake the company could make to release Sasha Banks, the talent that she is. I mean, I want to make something clear. She's not a star. She's a mega star. <laughs> she's an absolutely talented yeah. Uh, wrestling, in my opinion, and everybody has their opinion. I think she's the best woman's wrestler in that company. People want to debate Bianca, Becky, Charlotte. I got no problems with that. There's people have other opinions, but that's my opinion on that. And the reason why she's put so many, if you just talk about her, how many elite matches she puts. Anytime she's in the ring, matches always deliver. I look at the big state Bianca Blair on the rise to stardom. Wins the Royal Rumble, has a main event match with Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks loses in that match. They put up one of the best uh, WrestleMania main events of all time. And and Bianca wins, and then she continues her rise. Obviously, Bianca's very talented. I'm not taking anything away from her. But Sasha, just being placed against Sasha, and she won, elevated her, in my opinion. Josh, I'm going to bring in a little NBA here, a comparison. I think if they release Sasha Banks, it's... And, and allow her because I think she would, AEW, I feel like if Sasha Banks was there in their women's division, it would completely elevate it. It's like, it's like Kevin Durant going to Golden State. <laughs> That's how crazy of a move would be because I think if Sasha Banks. That crazy. Yeah, because if she gets released, in my opinion, AEW is our front runners to sign. It doesn't mean she's going to go there. But AEW is the biggest strength to allow. That's like the next the, like competition, all right? Yeah, and you allow that kind of talent to go there. I mean, you can't allow this to happen. First of all, WWE got to fix this. You cannot let her re-release. And I don't think WWE would be that, like, knowing that, like, okay, Sasha Banks is a top star. If we release her, if she goes to AEW, they don't want to help AEW. I don't think they do. They don't want to help competition. They want to be the best. So if they release her, honestly, I would be stunned. I just don't think she'd be released. It looks like she will be, but I don't think she will be because she's a top star. And she's not a star. She's a mega star to me. When I think about Roman Reigns and you think about Brock Lesnar, all these top tier stars, she's up there. She is the mega star. Like when I think about Roman Reigns, I think about Brock Lesnar. I put Sasha Banks on that level. Like she's that special as a talent. Um, like I said, if they regret, like if they release her, like biggest mistake of their lives. They gotta. She's a talent. It's hard to get talent like that. Do anything in your power to fix this. And I don't think what she's asking for wrong. They just want some respect for the tag team title because it hasn't been treated with the respect it deserves. How could you even think about releasing a talent like that? Like, if I'm AEW, I'm like, oh, I'm paying her the how much money she wants. I'm that if I'm able to get that talent, WWE, bro, what are they doing? <laughs> oh, let's just yeah, move on. Tough. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. That she's in this position that she potentially gonna be released. That they allowed yeah. it to go here. It's a stand on topic, kind of. Uh, recently. Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men Pro Wrestling Podcast revealed the current backstage perception of Sasha Banks after she departed from WWE. It says, Zarian said Sasha Banks is seen as someone who is replaceable and can be cloned. Based on the reported backstage views of her absence, it's believed that Banks' this spot can be filled by any other competitor, much like a role a different person can play. What are your thoughts on that? Because that sounds crazy to me. <laughs> <sighs> that's all I can say first. I mean, <laughs> what? Look, I don't. Yeah. I, first of all, I don't know. We I'm not sure who exactly said this or who. What's the all this? But all I know is that to say that she can be cloned. Look, I understand 
you have she's a boss and it's a, it's a certain they call a gimmick, right? But <laughs> I mean, to say that she can be cloned, I understand. Yeah, you can put a a persona like that on somebody else, but that doesn't mean it's going to actually work. Because like I said, to become a top tier star in WWE, it's hard, especially where she came. She went through it, all of NXT, everything to get herself on the top. She earned her success on her own. And to say that she can be cloned, I think it's a disrespect to her. Like, you should not say something like that. I think with the talent that she is, it's hard. She's, in my opinion, irreplaceable. I just think it's crazy to say something like that, to say that she can be cloned. Yeah, sure, you can give a gimmick to, like, somebody else, but it doesn't mean it would work on somebody else. There's something about her as a talent. She's an exceptional heel, an exceptional face. She's a talent that, in my opinion, is irreplaceable. And if they actually think like that, WWE is going downhill for thinking like that because I don't think there'll be anybody who can fill her shoes if that's what I'm getting from the report that maybe they feel like somebody can fill her shoes. I don't see that happening. And I think that's disrespectful to say on her because what she built on W, the character, everything she built, the persona, I don't think anybody could do something. That's no disrespect on any other individual. But just to say that I think is disrespectful to her because to say that somebody can clone her, I mean, that's just to play her role. Yeah. I just don't see it. Like I said, she's a talent. It's disrespectful to her. Top tier talent. Deserves to be holding a title. Like, I always still believe that she should be a heel holding a title with her own team. But what is this? To me, bogus report. Definitely can't be cloned. Exceptional talent. Irreplaceable. Nothing else can be said. This is a disaster. I can't believe they even said something like that. Yeah, that sounds kind of disrespectful, to be honest. But. Absolutely disrespect. The talent that she is, she's a mega star. She's not a yeah. star, mega star. She's one of the best of the best in the company. And I can argue, and people are going to disagree with me, you could put WWE, AEW, right? Like, if you compare both of the company's wrestlers, she's the best wrestler out of all of them. Yeah. She's the best wrestler out of all of them, in my opinion. I'm, I'm taking a huge leap. And like I said, if you want to argue Bianca Blair, any wrestler, I have no problem with that. She's one of the best wrestlers to ever step foot in a, in a ring. And this is just dumb. This is just this is just a ludicrous thing to say. Yeah. So next, we got the Money in the Bank predictions, 2022. So, WWE Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Blair versus Carmella. What are your thoughts on that? Bianca Blair is going to win, I think. You know, since she's won the title since WrestleMania, she should win this match. She's, she's a top face in the company. I think she is the top face right now. She's so talented. And to me, Bianca wins. I don't, I don't think it's... <laughs> Don't we have to even debate it. She's going to win. Next, SmackDown Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey versus Natalia. I'm going Ronda Rousey. I think this is a good match seeing Natalia, you know, competing for a title. She's a veteran. She's she's done it. She's competing in so many matches. I think Ronda Rousey continues to win, and I think it just makes a lot of sense. I think Ronda Rousey would will, will become victorious. I think this will be a really good match. So next, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match with Seth freaking Rollins versus Sheamus versus View McIntyre versus Omos. Versus Sami Zayn and versus two other participants who have not been determined yet. What are your thoughts? So this one, this is um, because I know there's two not determined. Who knows? It'll probably be announced soon. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm going with Seth Rollins. I think he wins this ladder match. I think I always think about Seth Rollins and I think about underrated. Right when you talk about that term, he's the most underrated because he's one of the best wrestlers in the company and people want to argue as a wrestler who's better reigns than rollins i have no problem people say rollins i'm not going i'm not going to pick either one right now because it's going to create some controversy uh of, you know like oh i have opinion but i think rollins is an exceptional wrestler i mean you looked at when cody came with edge and those six matches he had against him all of them were top tier matches he's an exceptional wrestler and i think he deserves to have that money in the bank break face and i think he should win it i think he should win it and i think wwe will give it to him i think it makes the most sense okay next 
Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Lacey Evans versus Alexa Bliss versus Liv Morgan versus Raquel Rodriguez versus Asuka versus Shotzi and versus one undetermined fighter. What do you uh, think? This one, uh, so this is interesting. I feel like, I'm going to have two answers. I feel like I think Liv Morgan should win, right? Because again, I feel like there's certain stars here. I feel like Alexa Bliss is established. Oscar's established. There's certain stars here. I think is that I think Liv Morgan again. She's worked through. I think she's already proven that she's a main event caliber star, and she continues to get better and just shows to the world that like, you know, I'm here and she's a special talent. I think Liv Morgan should win it. Who I think WWE is going to win it is probably going to be somebody else. Just WWE doing typical WWE things, but I think Liv Morgan should win it. Who I think maybe WWE will make a win. I think. And if, if, if this happens, too, I'm not going to say I'm mad at it. I think Alexa Bliss has a chance of winning or Asuka, too. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, those two could win it. But I still think Liv Morgan should win because those two stars that I just named are already established. They're already top tier. And I don't think a briefcase will will change, you know, what we think of that star because they're already on the top. Alexa Bliss is already on top. She's won multiple titles. Asuka's won multiple titles. She's won the briefcase already. Liv Morgan's won. Give her that title. It's going to continue to elevate her because she's a top tier talent. So next, the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship, the Usos, Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso versus the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. What are your thoughts? Easy. The Usos are going to win. They've been the most dominant tag team champion. Now they're the Undisputed Tag Team Champions. They're clearly, to my opinion, going to win. Um, I don't even think it's debatable. I mean, they're, they're seen as dominant champions, and they are. So I say the Usos win. And the WWE United States Championship, Theory versus Bobby Lashley. Honestly, this is the hardest one to predict because Theory, he's, man, I, I kept telling my friend Fernando, like, I'm actually a huge fan of Theory, man. Great heel, great charisma, great personality, knows how to speak on the mic, absolutely great wrestler. <laughs> like, this is actually hard to predict. So I'm going to say, mm, this is hard, yo. I'm going to say Austin Theory wins, but I think, I don't think Bobby Lashley could lose cleanly. I just think they wouldn't do that. So I think there'll be some interference. And I say Theory wins, though. Theory wins. But this is tough. I could see it going either way. Theory is an exceptional talent. I could see him as a, a top star in this company. He's special. But I'm going to go Theory with some interference, though. Yeah. That's tough. So what are your though. thoughts on Cody Rhodes' run with the WWE so far? I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Since he's come back to WWE, he's put up nothing but great matches. Obviously, the first match with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania exceptional match second one exceptional match and then the third one the hell in a cell obviously the so sad to hear you know he came out and before the match he he has a torn pec right so you think oh he can't compete he yeah. goes out has a torn pec you can see that yes yeah, the, the scar yeah, see that scar you know you see that thing on his body on his chest and it's just like and for him to not just compete put up an absolute thriller speaks to the type of star he is putting his body on the line um and giving the fans a show that they wanted it. And there's nothing to speak. People, I've heard somebody say this, and I don't know what you think about this, Josh, but when I thought about it, you think about, like, a Michael Jordan flu game. You mm, think yeah. about something like that, where somebody does something like that, clearly not 100%, and goes out and not just puts up a good match. The best match. It really, I know I didn't talk about Hell in a Cell, but that was the best match in Hell in a Cell. I put up an absolute thriller. Speaking nothing high about him, he's a stops top star he continues to prove that he's he's a special talent and it's got to say thank you Cody for the match appointments and hopefully for a speedy recovery because he's a special talent so next Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported that the decision to go ahead with Reigns versus Lesnar was made for two primary reasons 
Injuries to top stars like Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes impacted WWE's depth of top talent. As a result, Lesnar was the only credible superstar they had left for a major match against Reigns. Following injuries to Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes and blowing off Riddle on SmackDown, the WWE title picture looked empty again, which led to the return of Brock Lesnar, said Meltzer. What are your thoughts on this? First of all, yay, another Brock and Roman match. Guess what I've been, uh, I was looking forward to in SummerSlam. Completely sarcastic. This is, again, like we've seen this. This is their seventh single match. Come yeah. on now. Like how many times are you going to play the same? Like, Seven thing? is crazy. Like I understand. And they look, to me, it was so sad. I heard it actually was reported that Randy Orton was going to be the one to face Roman Reigns at SummerSlam 2022. And uh, man, Randy Orton could potentially be out for the whole year, man. A speedy recovery to Randy, man. Special talent, man. One of the best of all time. Cody Rose, obviously. Then I could see Cody Rose being in that picture. Obviously, he's, he's hurt too. And again, speedy recovery. Um, but to say that I still think you could put Rollins, Bobby Lashley, potentially Cena's returning. I could see Cena doing another one match with Roman Reigns. There was definitely other options. Obviously, Brock Lesnar is an exceptional talent. I still would love him from SummerSlam. I just don't think doing the Brock versus Roman match has any uh, like benefits in that sense. But for WWE, if Roman is going to lose, then I could see the benefit if they feel like they don't have a star who can take that title off of him. I think Brock could be the guy to do it. Um, because they've been putting both titles on him, and obviously Roman has taken a lesser, con- uh, not a lesser contract, but he's had a, he has a different contract where he doesn't show up as much now. I think more, of, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's more of a part-timer role, but and now they don't have both titles as with him, so wherever he shows up, he might show up once to SmackDown. That's it. So I feel like maybe splitting it back might be a better idea for them and potentially Brock. When it could help that situation, but I still think there was other options: Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, John Cena. Those are the four I can think of. I think they should have done something like that. Look, obviously Brock is exceptional. When anytime Brock is in a wrestling ring, you're gonna watch. But again, yeah. we've seen this too many times, and it's just at this point, it's just like, come on now. But I'll, we'll see how the match. I'm still gonna watch it. You know, I'm a huge WWE fan, but I definitely think there was definitely better options. I would definitely be excited to see Rollins versus Reigns, especially the way they ended at the Royal Rumble. Felt like there was some unfinished business, but we'll see what happens. But man, again, a speedy recovery to Randy and Cody, man. But yeah. All right, so moving on to. <laughs> Topic three. Ooh. Today we will be discussing part one of our five-part topic in which we discuss our top five players in each position when healthy. Today we will be talking about our top five point guards in the NBA. And again, of course, we're going based on when healthy. Um, so Josh, start it off. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a pretty tough list to know. I mean, to like... It's more easy if we did like a top 10, but it's hard to do a top five. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like the top this... 10 would be easier, but I feel like top five is challenging, you know? yeah. So, <laughs> in my top five, and this is in order, by the way. All right. So, in my top five, I have one, I have Steph Curry. I mean, one may argue that he's not a traditional partner in the sense of, like, you know, pass first, but there aren't that many of those type of players in the league. And he's coming off a finals win, a dominant postseason, and a finals MVP. Uh, I mean, exceptionally I like dominant finals MVP against one of the best defensive yeah. teams in the league. I feel like he deserves that spot. Two, Luka Doncic. I mean, some may argue he's one. You know, he's a t- gifted passer, gifted scorer. I mean. He's gifted at everything, basically. He has potential sky high. And I know we throw this term around a lot, but he generally is a generational talent. And yeah, he's, it's already proven. Anybody who yeah. says not, I mean, come on now. He's a generational <laughs> talent. Facts. Three, I have Kyrie Irving. I mean, we know his availability has been questioned, but his talent is something you can't question. That's a fact. One of the best ball handlers ever. Ever. Amazing finisher. I think he is the best shooter. ball handler. I think yeah. he is. 
And yeah, he, 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 I believe he averages what six assists last season, so that's not too bad. Even the people he averages 25 in his sleep, and he also yeah. is one of the players who had a 50 40 90 season. Fourth, I have Trey Young. I mean, I know we had a bad postseason, but come on now, he's a he is arguably like one of the best passers in the league and I scores, mean, yeah, and scores too. Yeah, I believe he averaged the most. I mean, he had the most total points and assists this season, which to me is a great stat. He's, I believe, he's 23, which is amazing too. And mm. yeah, he's a he's a He's a clutch player at that too. I mean, I know he struggled against the Heat, but you know that's a uh, a monster defensive team. You know they keyed in on him and made it tough for him. And I think he bounced back from it. And five, I know this may be controversial, but I have at five Dejounte Murray. Hmm. I mean, I feel like he's one of the best two way guards in the league. He averaged nine assists a season. I mean, if we're talking about actually. two two way, like just as a guard, I think he might be the best. Yeah, I mean, of course, duality is there too. Like those two, definitely, but. I think he is the best two-way. Like, we're talking about just for the position. I'm not talking about small forward. Yeah. For his guard, for the for being a, a, a guard, I don't I don't think you can name another person who's better. Yeah. Average 21 this season. Almost triple-double, actually. Nine assists. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, floor general. I mean, he's working on his shooting. I think this guy's a learner from He can only get better. And, yeah, that's my top five. I mean, no CP3, no job. I mean, they're great players. I just don't think that the, the legacy-wise, I think CP3 is obviously – the leagues above some players I mentioned, but I just think right now that as as a pure point guard, Chris Paul is definitely one of the best. Yeah, answer. obviously, yeah, yeah, easily. I think he's one if, if we're talking about pure point. We're kind of going based on current and like and like healthy, and you know these yeah. these players have really you know stepped up in this league. Facts. So what's your top five? <laughs> well, I think uh, the number one to me is kind of interchangeable, but I was gonna put Luca at one, but for the respect, also what Steph has just done, right? Just recently, yeah. I'm putting Steph at number one as the right now the best point guard going into next season as well. I mean, he just won a championship, dominant Finals MVP. Obviously, they Golden State beat Luka, and I, but obviously, Golden State team was better. But I mean, Curry. I don't think there's any explanation. I mean, that Finals run, I mean, kind of cemented him right now as the best point guard. Uh, the dominance he had against Boston, who was like the best defensive team in the league. I mean, and just for him to torch them like that and cook them like that with a lot of top yeah. stars like KD, like a lot of top stars who struggled against Boston. And just to just only have one bad game was crazy. But he was – so Curry to me is the easy one. Number two, I'm going to say Luka Doncic, obviously, why generational talent. Um, If you want to argue he's top five right now, I wouldn't disagree. I think he is an exceptional talent, does it all. One of the best playmakers in the league, can score at will, got that step back. Um. He's just a special talent. Nothing to say that. If you have Luka, you got a chance. Give him one more legitimate star, and I'm telling you, Dallas Mavericks yeah. could win a championship. Number three, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I know, again, availability has been questioned, but as a talent, he's nothing but spectacular. To me, there was a time, 2016, when he was the best point guard in the league. Mm. He's an exceptional talent. If you have Kyrie Irving as a talent, we're just talking about as a talent, you give this man the two mil. 200 mil that he deserved as a (laughs) talent. The only reason now is question was the availability. But as a talent, he's nothing but special. He's a special talent, and he's easy top five. Like, I've been hearing some things. I don't know if you heard uh, where we heard this from, Josh, but I think I heard something where, like, Drew Holiday is better than Kyrie. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. I'm not disrespecting Mm -hmm. Drew Holiday anyway, but come on. Kyrie's better. We're talking about, obviously, as a two-way player. Sure, give it to Drew Holiday. I'm not going to be mad at that. But as a talent, if you got Kyrie Irving, you got a chance to win a championship. Mm. He's that special. But again, of course, I'm not disrespecting Drew Holiday. Number four, this is something I don't think you were expecting. I got Damian Lillard. Um, I mm. think he's been forgotten about. I know he hasn't played this season really at all, but he's been forgotten about. This is a man who 
in the 2020-21 season. Averaged about 28 points, close to eight assists. Great shooting uh, from the field. I think it was about 45% plus. Elite three-point shooter can do it all. I just think he's forgotten about. He's one of the best players. I think one of the top players in the league when healthy. He's a special talent. I think we're just sleeping on him, man. He's so special, and I think he's still in my top. He's still in my top five until, and, and this could be changed, but he's cl- still in my top five. I can't take him out. Yeah. Um, and number five, I got Trey Young, obviously for the reasons that you said. Uh, one of the best scores, one of the best passers in the league, a special yeah. talent. I mean, he can do it all. And I have a number five. So of course, the the ones I don't have, obviously, that may count. John Morant, obviously, special talent. I'm not saying he's not a top five point guard, but obviously, just looking at the list right now, obviously. Trey Young, to my opinion, is I think better than Ja a little bit, obviously because of like he's a better playmaker. He can sh- he's a, obviously a better three point shooter. Obviously, Ja's like when it comes to just one of the best point guards at finishing, he's he's top on that list. But just talking about overall, um, Dejounte Murray, obviously now he's a, he's a best two way guard in the league. But it was hard to just put him on the list right now. But to me, he's clearly in my top ten. Um, and then obviously Chris Paul, he's the point god. He's he's a floor general and a, a phenomenal player. But it was hard to take him off. People want to argue he's top five. I got no problem with that. But I just got to state my opinion there. Yeah. Obviously these lists are subject to change. You know, depending on player. And everybody's not going to agree. You know, a lot of people might think, yeah, what kind of list is this? And I, we got no problem with that. <laughs> everybody got their own opinion. But yeah. it's just kind of how we felt. But I think the first three, I don't think anybody would disagree with. I don't think yeah. so. So next. This is breaking news. Kyrie has resigned with the Brooklyn Nets. And I'll read the report here from Shams Sharania. It says, Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving is opting into his $37 million player option for the 2022-23 season, the Athletic and Stadium has learned. Irving is bypassing on multiple opt-in and trading scenarios to fulfill his four-year commitment to the Nets and Kevin Durant. What are your thoughts on that? Brooklyn got a win. There you go. Um, obviously, I think this was a great decision by Kyrie Irving. There was a lot of speculation that he potentially might leave Brooklyn. And I just thought that that couldn't happen because, first of all, all the teams that was listed on his, I think, his trade list, a lot of them, I don't think, had the assets to do it. Um, the Lakers had the most interest. But, again, the assets, I mean, I mean, if you're the Nets, are you give me 80 for Kyrie? I don't, I don't think they would. But So it's like I think this was a great decision by him. I think, obviously, to me, with again, with the – the question for Kyrie's been availability. Obviously, he's. I think he's missed more games than he played in Brooklyn. But as a talent, he's special. Like I said, I heard. I think Stephen A. Smith say multiple occasions. As a talent, you pay him. Um, you give him a one-year deal, fifty million dollars. He's he's worth that money because he's special. Like Stephen A. Smith, he's box office. Um, but him, I think him opting is good because if Kyrie, in my opinion, has a season where he plays majority of the games and you know they have a deep postseason run, let's say they get to the like maybe conference finals, even finals. I think then I trust him, you know, to give him that full max deal. Um, I think he needs to have a season like that. Obviously, there's some people might not trust him as a talent. It's easy to take him. He's so special. And I was a little fearful that if he left, that KD might potentially leave. I don't think he would because, again, KD has a four-year deal. I mean, I prefer KD in the Knicks. I've said that multiple times. But, <laughs> but obviously, as a, as, as a French, not I'm saying I'm scared, but as, as, as a fan looking, I was like, man, I'm kind of scared for Brooklyn. At the end of the day, Brooklyn looked like two situations that they completely ruined. Yeah. Uh, that trade that they got where Jason Tatum, Jalen LeBron on Boston that they made. And then again, now they made James Harden trade and they're potentially losing all their stars. It was just looking crazy. But yeah. good Kyrie resigned. You got him. I mean, sorry, he opted in. You got him. 
You don't have to worry about that contract right now. Play that season out and then work on that contract. But I think next season, I think Kyrie will put all those narratives about him to rest. I agree 100%. I mean, it's good to see him opt in, you know. I generally thought that at some point he was going to abandon Kevin Durant because, you know, he's done it in the past, you know, with the Boston, you know, saying yeah. sign in front of the fans and then leaving. But I don't really know the full story behind that, so I don't really talk too much on that. I'm glad he stayed. The only other option I've seen from him was, like I said, was him going to the Lakers and taking that $6 million option, which I thought would have been crazy. But I'm glad he resigned, stayed, and I believe that he will keep playing on the Nets even after the season. I'm assuming, you know, if they make a farm, if they, you know, get eliminated early again, you know, then yeah. who knows what Brooklyn Nets. But looking at the Nets, obviously, with Ben Simmons, obviously, they have the potential to win an NBA championship. So it's a good move. Um, you know, Ben Simmons, I'm excited to see what he will do in Brooklyn next season. Joe Harris will be back. They'll be in a good position. Obviously, Brooklyn still needs some. Uh, they got to still, you know, m- maximize the bench and, and put those pieces around KD, Kyrie, and Ben. Yeah. Um, to try to compete for that championship. But thank you. You know, I say Kyrie. You know, now the, all this narrative, it was talked about a lot, but now it's all to rest. Yeah. He He's opted in. He's in Brooklyn for at least another year. Real quick, before we end, thoughts on that draft? Excited? I like it. I really like it for us anyway. We got a great defensive player in Jeremy Sohan. We got some great – I think for once I'm not actually, like, disappointed in the like, – At least they didn't get a guard. point guard. Like, they always get guards. Yeah. I mean, I thought we got, like, a good score. And yeah, we got a yeah. nice point guard too. I mean, I yeah. feel like they'll, they'll they'll get developed well here. Yeah. You know? yeah, I like what San Antonio did. Yeah. I also was a little surprised with the the Javari pick. Javari uh, Smith not being the first pick, it was kind of reported that he would yeah. kind of be the clear cut number one pick. But I looked at all those three players. I felt like any of them could go number one. They're so talented. Excited. Actually, I'm excited about looking at people talk about the biggest winners maybe in uh, yeah. free agent. Well, if you want to talk about real quick the biggest winners and and to me in the draft, I like OKC as one of the biggest winners. And I like the Detroit, man, what they did. OKC getting Chet, and now they got Giddy, Shy. Yeah. They got the Williams. There's two players, you know, like I think Jalen and Jalen Williams. They basically got the same name. Uh, I kind of yeah, like what yeah, they did. Um, Detroit, I love what they did. Got Jalen Ivey. I mean, at, at five, it's kind of people call it as a steal, how talented he is. And then still got Cade Cunningham. And they got so much talent, like Detroit, man. So much young talent in Detroit. Obviously, Sadiq Bay. Um so it's looking, this is really looking good for Detroit as well. So I like them as the biggest winners and biggest losers, bro. I mean, the Knicks, obviously, people are a little, I would say, upset about what the Knicks did. I know my friend, friend who's a Knicks fan is probably upset about it. But I'm not going to lie. I know what they did, but to get Jalen Brunson, I mean, Knicks fans are taking a lot of L's, but. Yeah, but that's a gamble, though. Cause what they it's a gamble, him? yeah. But I think they should <laughs> sign him, I think. But like. But I was thinking, like, as a number 11 pick that they had, I'm not going to say, but most of the time, people are not going to think eleven a, a number 11 pick is going to move the needle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He'll be a great piece. But at the end of the day, I think they should have drafted somebody. Because you never know. I mean, you've seen these low, lower picks who move the needle. I'm not saying they can, but it just that's what the assumption looks like, right? Yeah. But who knows? That 11 pick could have moved the needle. Yeah. Um, because you've seen a lot of lower picks. Look, look like a solid player, too. Like. Yeah. Like, honestly, um. Um, there were some great players on that list. I think Mark Williams, they had AJ Griffin that I thought they maybe should have considered. Even the player yeah. that they drafted, but he got traded, obviously. But shout out Knicks, man. I hope you have a great day, Knicks fans. But, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that concludes episode 23 of Straight Sports Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. You can follow us at Straight Sports Podcast on Instagram. And yeah, appreciate it. And just like I said, remember, 
Clippers all day. <laughs> yeah, thanks for watching. Peace. Peace.